Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I'm streaming live from the my office, actually, in the Mosaic Professional Pharmacy Studio. Uh, and I am super excited to have Pete Serrano and uh, Dr. Michael Turner back on our podcast. They've both been on our podcast before, never together. And I'm excited to have them on our podcast today together to discuss Dr. Turner's lawsuit. He and three other physicians that are licensed in Washington State are actually suing the medical board. I think um, the term is called MQAC. And um, I had a do- actually one of the doctors in the lawsuit, Dr. Wilkinson, who um, I probably talked to 15 or 20 years ago uh, when he mentioned MQAC. Um, he said MQAC is a good name for the medical board of Washington, MQAC. <laughs> And so I am repeating what Dr. Wilkinson said. And um, really what this is all about is it's about freedom of physicians to um, take care of their patients without government bureaucrats telling them how to. So, um, Dr. Turner, um, welcome to our show. And Pete, welcome to our show. And update us on your uh, lawsuit. Sure. You want me to take that one, Doc? Uh, You're muted. Mute. Dr. Turner, you're muted. There we go. That's probably a little better. <laughs> do you yes. want me to run with it or do you take, want to take it away, Pete? Okay. Yes. Uh, so, so Sean, unfortunately, MQAC is now WMC, the Washington Medical Commission. I think they realized that they were tipping their hand on what they are and what they do. Um, and so they've, they've pivoted with rebranding. Um, nonetheless, it's still the same circus show. And we could talk about that another show. Um, but today in talking about what we're doing against the Washington medical commission is in 2021, September of 2021, the medical commission adopted what's called a position statement. Now this is a non-authoritative, non-binding interpretive statement. Problematically in this position statement, it adopted two standards of care. One, do not provide COVID misinformation. And of course it wasn't defined, but what that really meant is Whatever, you know, the administration says, whatever uh, the God of Anthony Fauci says, we're going to abide by it. Whatever. They actually adopted the Federation of State Medical Board's position statement through this. And again, that could be a whole nother episode in talking about the evils of the Federation of State Medical Boards, but we don't have that much time. Um, And the second thing was the second standard of care was do not provide HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, or um, ivermectin, which are non-FDA approved for the treatment of COVID-19. We also know that that's problematic because that's not how the FDA works. It's not its regulatory authority to do so. And in so doing, they adopted quote unquote standard of care. And that means that these physicians, Dr. Turner, Dr. Wilkinson, um, we had Dr. Moon, uh, Renata Moon. I think you've had her on your show as well, I believe. And Dr. Ryan Cole. Yeah, and Ryan Cole. So, you know, we're hitting on all, all four cylinders and then they're stuck with me. Um, but uh, yeah, so so they they took uh, Dr. Wilkinson has been punished. He's got a $15,000 fine and a um, it's not a suspension of his license. It's It's got an implication on his license whereby for five years he cannot provide uh, ivermectin for the treatment of non-FDA approved, uh, non-FDA approved bases right so when covid 23 hits or 24 whatever version it's going to be and uh the fda 
tells us that we're not horses, that we're people. Um, and, and so anyway, that's where we are. Obviously, Dr. Turner and Dr. Cole are moving down the licensure pathway uh, where they've been hit for prescribing this stuff and keeping people out of the hospitals. So we sued the medical commission in Benton County um, over in Kennewick, and we had a hearing. It was about an hour, hour and a half long. The judge, uh, grant, he granted a stay in the case, which is a really odd proposition. In other words, he said, hey, there are no final orders, which, again, Dr. Wilkinson's already been punished. So I don't understand where the lack of a final order is. But I'm going to put a pause on this case as to Turner, Wilkinson and Cole. As to Moon, she never really got punished by the commission itself, but she did lose her contract in teaching with Washington State University's medical school for, quote unquote, speaking misinformation. Uh, and we know that was when she testified before, you know, a U.S. senator. No big deal, right? Right, right. So so that's kind of the low and dirty. And, you know, and obviously my involvement is that of the attorney. Um, and certainly I, I love hearing Dr. Turner's, well, I mean, I love hearing Dr. Turner's story, um, but you know, it's always good to hear their side of the equation. And let me just comment on that since I think it's a pretty big deal. And I'm sure Pete and Dr. Turner, you've been following this, but um, I had Dr. Bowden on our show last week or the week before she's a physician down in Houston, along with Dr. Merrick and Dr. Um, Apter out of, out of out the west side of Washington, actually sued the FDA and the appeals court about, you know, the FDA basically telling them that they can't prescribe uh, ivermectin. And um, the judge in the appeals court, you know, had a, a, a great response, in my opinion, and basically says the FDA can't play physician. Um, which is so that case alone, it's like if 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 the state medical board is using the FDA as their reason for not letting doctors prescribe ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or whatever that is, um, I don't think they have a lot of grounds. Obviously, that case has not went to court yet, but the judge allowed it to move on and had a pretty great uh, you know commentary on it. In my opinion, I don't know if you're familiar with that, Pete. Yeah, no, I we've been following it and we cited it. Um, so, so I know this is about the the Turner lawsuit where we're suing the commission. But just to give an update to your audience, we filed an appeal on Dr. Wilkinson's licensure decision from the meta, from the quack, um, and so we filed that in Yakima County earlier this week. And in that, we cited the Fifth Circuit. Um, Notably, in all of the doctors that we've worked with or PAs or other, you know, other medical professionals we've helped with licensure issues, we co quoted the Southern District of Texas, which was the earlier version of that case. To your point, Sean, it got appealed to the Fifth Circuit of the United States Court of Appeals. Um, and that both of those judges, both from the lower court and the appellate court, have had great commentary on the, the band or the parameters that FDA has, right? That it's not this agency where it's gonna prove. There's also some phenomenal case law historically that talks about off-label prescription. So yeah, to your point, Sean, we are utilizing that uh, to benefit our clients. I was very blessed that, um, you know, I think Dr. Ra after at one point, because we are in Washington and reached out and I was connected to his attorney out of DC. Uh, who also has Washington roots. So, you know, when I told him what I was doing, he's like, hey, you know, I'm not there anymore, but I care about 
my home state. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's been great that there's this kind of serendipitous working of folks who are all fighting for freedom to treat uh, patients as they need to, to keep them healthy. You know, and that's, that's why I applaud like Dr. Turner here and the other folks that we represent is they've kept people out of the hospital. Let's, let's not forget this. They're not like, you know, it's not Princess Bride where they're stretching the guy out and they give him the magic chocolate coated pill, right? <laughs> right? They're using real medicine that works. We've seen the studies yeah. throughout the world. And anyway, sorry. No, no, I like it. One, one other comment that I saw you post on your social media or somebody post in on the Silent Majority Foundation social media is that in Washington State, there's a specific uh, – I guess it's law. And I'm very, I use that term loosely because I'm not an attorney, but there's a law about um, freedom of speech in Washington state. Right. Yeah. And, well, and basically MQAC, I don't know what the new term is, how they've rebranded themselves, but MQAC is basically violating freedom, their own law. They're, they're yeah. violating Washington state law by not letting doctors say like Dr. Moon, Dr. Moon didn't treat any patients yeah. with ivermectin. It was just, it was only um, verbally that she said some things yep. and then she gets in trouble. So they're clearly violating their own law. But so you comment. Yeah. You know, that that comes from Article one, Section five of this thing called the Constitution. You know, I mean, no, no big deal. Right. Washington <laughs> right. adopts a constitution prior to its statehood or a, a, with coincident with its statehood. And uh, one of the first things to say is, you know, it talks about very uh, parallel to the U.S. Constitution. Right. Free, free speech, free religion, and, you know, right to bear arms. But, hey, whatever, they don't matter anymore to this uh, administration. But, yeah, the Constitution protects that right for us to speak freely. And, and it is pretty sickening to watch what these agencies are doing and just trampling these rights. And it's like, well, you'll get your day in court. And it's like, yeah, the kangaroo court. And then we got to go to the real court. Then we got to go to the real court. And then we got to go to the real court to get a final, final order. It's like, yeah, four years of hell. Exactly. You know I mean, come on. So, Dr. Turner, thank you for yes, being – thank you for fighting, first of all. And uh, thank you for treating patients uh, appropriately. And um, tell us tell us your side of the story. How did you get involved in this? Yeah, well, glad to. But first of all, I do want to thank Pete. You know, uh, he's done an amazing job. And I had two prior attorneys, uh, Brian and Ned – are helping me and I want to give them a lot of credit because they were fighting the battle as much or more than I was and frankly just offload a lot of that stress you know I was able to keep on doing my best to take care of patients on a daily business running my practice keeping my nose to the grindstone you know uplifting the health of our communities and just you know outsourced this whole legal stuff and they've done a stand-up job I, I salute them and I appreciate them because it's directly impacted my patient care by allowing me to continue doing what I do best with a, with a joyful heart and a, and, a, and a soul that's at peace with the situation really on a daily basis. So thank you, Pete and Ned and Brian. I was really blessed to have them. Um, but my involvement with this was, you know, as COVID kicked off, I had coincidentally gone into business for myself just prior to um, COVID. I had quit my job at Cadillac and gone into business for myself. And so 2020, I had the freedom and the flexibility then to begin treating COVID. And patients were coming to me either not wanting to get sick and asking questions about prevention or acutely ill at times and wanting desperately to stay out of the hospital, the ER, et cetera, or get some help for family members. So 
that was a context. And people start asking me questions about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or just more broadly how to strengthen their immune system uh, and how to stay well and healthy. So I was exploring that and looking at all possible means to do that in a safe, cost-effective, patient-centered way to, to uplift them. Are you there, Sean? I don't know if we lost. I, I am. Yeah, yeah. And so tell us, you kind of, you know, yeah, you did, you started your practice like January of 2020, right? So Correct. right before, right. Yeah. So, and um, your opinion of COVID and maybe vaccines, you you wrote a, uh, a commentary on changing what was it called changing my vaccine religion or something yeah it's called losing my vaccine religion yeah. it made a bit of a splash if i may say so um it got it got mentioned by steve kirsch by dr malone it got over a hundred thousand views um that, yeah so that was that was more when the vaccines rolled out which is about a year later you know 2020 was treating covid keeping people out of the hospital getting them ivermectin hydroxychloroquine hearing turnaround stories i mean just to punctuate that i had a young woman uh, who's a medical student want to follow me in clinic uh, more recently. And I said, sure. So she came along and I said, well, how'd you hear about me? She's like, well, you know, honestly, Dr. Turner, you saved my dad's life during COVID. I said, really? She's like, oh yeah. I mean, he was at home coughing. He was going down. We got some ivermectin from you. It saved his life. We, we know it did. We have no doubt about it. And she's like, thank you. You know, and it hit me so hard, you know, that here's this beautiful young lady with all her dreams and her future age 19, going to college, wanting to be a doctor and, you know, her relationship with her dad, her whole parental father figure of life was hanging in the balance and was either gone or still present today based on something that my staff and I did by the grace of God. I mean, it's very striking. So I'm sitting here looking at her, his daughter's face every single day and she got a smile on her face instead of a mournful, you know, heavy heart right about the situation. And that's what Ivermectin did for her family straightforwardly. So. That was 2020. Um, 2021 was kind of the year of the vaccine. You know, it started off actually went to the defeat the mandates rally in D.C. right there in the Lincoln Memorial. Got very inspired. All the big names were there speaking. Dr. Cole included, I believe. Um, Dr. Malone, of course, Dr. Corey. And uh, when the vaccines first came out, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. You know, I figured there were a lot of smart people with a lot of technology working on this process and. There was a lot of money invested in this, and we're in the national. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, any acceptable answer, I'll take. You know, I don't have a preconditioned reason to be rejecting any possible solution to this pandemic. If these vaccines are great, let's let's give them a shot. You know, and there was some preliminary data that they were, of course, which is why they were approved, et cetera. So, although it was required for Washington State healthcare providers, I did it voluntarily. I got my two Pfizer's in spring of 2021, or pretty much as soon as they came out. Thankfully, I didn't have any great reaction, a little bit of soreness in my arm, felt a little like down and out. You know, I probably shouldn't work out for a couple of days, something like that. But uh, other than that, it seemed to do fine. But as 2021 rolled on, more information was coming out about the vaccines, which I document in my piece, Losing My Vaccine Religion. And essentially, that's my journey of thought progression through now what is a strong anti-vaccine stance and why. Um, and we could go into details on that, but that's that's a crucial change of heart for me. Um, and I think a crucial thought process that, that everyone needs to be going through, you know, who's I, someone's on some end of the spectrum or the other, they're either very strong or anti uh, vaccine and the people who are strong vaccine, of course, we want them to start to move down this road towards opening their mind a little bit. And that's what the piece is trying to do in a persuasive and also scientifically grounded way. 
Well, I, I can I can kind of share a similar experience yeah. in the fact that uh, you know Janet and I, both pharmacists, first group of pharmacists to be trained to twenty five years ago to be certified and trained to administer and prescribe vaccines. And now, when I look back at the history of that and the way big pharma has pushed vaccines, I looked at that that they basically use pharmacists as pawns. Um, and I, I'm sad I took part in that. But, um, you know, we were not anti-vaxxers by any means. We were, you know, pretty much pro-vaxxers. And, mm-hmm. you know, COVID changed all that because um, it's it's just hard to trust after you see mm-hmm. what happened during the COVID vaccine. It's hard to trust any information with any vaccine. And then I just think rationally about it, at, you know, as a and not even as a healthcare professional or scientist, just think rationally about it. Um, you know, if XYZ virus, whether it be polio, whether it be um, measles, whether it be mumps or whether it be COVID, you know, which is a coronavirus, if XYZ virus was going to wipe out the human race, it would have done it thousands of years ago. I mean, so our immune systems are treated, are, are you know, are created very, very well to respond appropriately to infectious disease. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my opinion about that. So, um, Pete, where where do we go from here? And you talked about kangaroo corns, and and and, uh, and, and one thing that just really through this whole thing is I, I know, like you, I think where you were going was, you know, basically if this gets to the higher courts, like let's say the Supreme Court of you know the Supreme Court. I mean, I think it's a no-brainer, especially with the way the Supreme Court is made up now. But um, you've got to jump through a bunch of hoops to get there. So where are we at with that process? And and are you ready to go that far? Update us on that. Yeah, I mean, so first, we're always ready to go that far. You know, our, our deal is, you know, for folks that don't really know Silent Majority Foundation, we're a nonprofit, which means we run off of, of, of donors, right? And when we when we put a case out, it's because it's one, we believe, we believe in it as an organization. You know, I, as the general counsel, the lead attorney and the board members and the other attorneys working with me. And two, it's the one that we believe will impact the lives of our donors and give them great benefit, right? If we can get the Supreme court to state, Hey, look, you can't adopt a COVID misinformation position statement without going through rulemaking, without defining misinformation, without, you know, if you're going to adopt a standard of care, you've got a whole process to go through. You've stepped over it. You've ignored it. And that was honestly, Sean, that was the basis of our case. It wasn't even free speech was the secondary basis. The first one was like, look, you've implemented a rule state agency, Washington medical commission. In this case, you have a process and you violated that process. I don't care if it's never enforced, but you can't just write on a napkin and say, this is the rule. Here you go. You've got to do it by the procedures and process. And that's where I'm, we're going to continually appeal this. Now, there are a couple of things that we can work on in interim. There are options for motions that are called reconsideration, which is it's it's a weird process. You're basically saying, hey, judge, we kind of think you got it wrong. Why don't you think about X, Y, and Z or think about it? You know, you kind of took a left turn when we wanted you to take a right turn. So here's the right turn again. And, you know, it's it's an awkward process because, again, you're saying, judge, why don't you think about what you said? And and so we've looked at that as an option. And certainly 
Um, we believe that an appeal, you know, is is in order if, you know, if we do go the reconsideration route and it, it's not granted, then an appeal would be in order. Again, because primarily we're challenging this saying you failed to follow your process. And, and in so doing, you have implicated rights of not only the doctors to speak, but the rights of their patients to receive information, right? I mean, it's there's the corollary. It's a two-piece transaction. This podcast has value for us to talk, but for those to listen, right? And and that's exactly the, the two-piece value that we're saying the First Amendment or the Article 1, Section 5 of the Washington Constitution is valid. So, yes, a short answer, yes, we're ready to go all the way. Uh, we intend to go all the way. And this is the only way it, it's it's frustrating because we got to play gotcha you know with the state and it's like you know that's why government's not benevolent <laughs> you know it will do what it does until yeah. the cookie jar hand is slapped and then it'll keep reaching in the cookie jar until it's slapped harder and that's what we're gonna have to do with this case and again i know we're willing i know in talking with dr turner wilkinson cole and um dr moon that they're all willing to take it as far as we can go you know Moon obviously has a whole separate issue in in the non-renewal of her contract with WSU. Uh, And again, the other three, Turner, Wilkinson, and Cole, all have their licensing issues. And we're working with both Wilkinson and Dr. Turner here on their licensing issues. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we've got a long road ahead, sadly. I wish it were much quicker. And, you know, this is where the state has kind of an upper hand, you know, you you're impacting an individual's livelihood for X, Y, Z years, which is probably somewhere between two and five to get to Supreme court. Uh, and the state's just taking our tax dollars and rolling in it like Scrooge McDuck did, right. You know, swimming in those gold coins uh, as the yeah. cartoon showed. And so we're going to keep fighting it. One thing I love about you, Pete, is you're about as cynical as gov- about government as I am. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, I've worked in it at every level, right? I'm a current city councilman in Pasco. I worked for the United States Department of Energy, and I worked for Energy Northwest. So a state agency and a federal agency, I've seen it from the inside. And let's be clear, I'm not calling out individuals by name because I think they're very good people, great people, very high esteemed people in government at all levels. I think there there are benevolent people, but government as an organization, as an entity, is not. It's it, it's 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 self serving and it's got a purpose, which is, you know, theoretically, and and we could talk about what the purpose of a strong central or a weak central government is in another podcast, right? And what the federalists and the anti federalists wanted, but as government's grown and you have these agencies that are. A, appointed bureaucrats that will follow follow political whim that's not true regulation but anyway i'll i'll right. stop there i don't want no, to no i i hey, i'm with you i, 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 I love, love chatting with you yeah, yeah that's why it's it's frustrating because again dr turner just told us he's got an intern i, I don't i apologize mm-hmm. if that's the wrong term for her. Mm-hmm. he literally saved her dad's life had he gone to the hospital, the probability and possibility statistically yep. that he would have died, been killed, let's yep. just call it what it was, yep. been put on a protocol to be starved, to be dried up, and take medicine that shuts down critical organ function, and then revive for the last day to see if, God willing, he lives. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, but don't forget, um, because of the positive COVID diagnosis, they get an extra $13,000. If they yeah. intubate them, then they get $38,000. So, and then if they give them rendisivir, they get extra money too. But, but, but don't, don't worry about following the money. It, it's, it's all about taking care of patients in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, this is why I'm in the fight and this is why our team is in the fight. This is why we're willing to go to the mat for this. And we realize this is true David and Goliath, but again, I mean, just in talking with doctors, Wilkinson, Cole, Turner, and Moon, they're all people who love their country and love their faith. And I think those are two very critical elements to our clients is they're faith-driven people. And they're people who want to preserve this nation, realizing that it's something special if we don't let it slip away. You know, a republic, if you can keep it, sir, or madam, I can't remember. Um, by back then it was okay to call sir or madam. Now you got to call it he, she, or they. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, you know, early on, not early on, but months into the, the government created pandemic, I realized that the only way this is going to be settled is through the courts. And unfortunately, you know, this is three and a half years later or whatever, and we're still working on that. But I do as, as, as pessimistic as I am, I'm skeptically optimistic that I think the right thing will happen if we just stay in the fight. And unfortunately, a lot of people just get tired, um, you know, and they just, so they just give up. And I think that's what, like you're saying about the state and the feds having funds to fight this stuff. Um, you know, that's when individuals, you know, give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I certainly feel like uh, we're men in tights. We're Robin Hood and his Mary band. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> that's that's what it is. It's it's really trying to take the peace meal together and approach it and and fight where we can. And again, I'm I'm tremendously honored and blessed to represent folks like Doc Turner. Um, these are people who stuck their professional livelihoods on the line to do the right thing, and it's not easy. Doctor Turner, you were going to say something. Ah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, I was just going to say it. It is. A, a big challenge in front of us, of course. Um, but I'm also I'm also hopeful, you know, optimistic, as you guys mentioned, um, because I think the truth is more powerful than any lie. First of all, I think the truth always prevails in the end, right? So, um, and in this situation, especially let's say as regards the vaccine or the COVID politics, it seems like the truth sort of is running in one direction, right? Like, for example, the vaccine. Nobody who's aware and awake about the vaccine ever goes back to the other side of being pro-vaccine, right? It's it's one directional flow, right? As more information, as more time, ideally as more people yeah. speak out courageously, persuasively, articulately with better platforms, et cetera, there's sort of just movement in one direction to say, maybe these things aren't great all the way to they're terrible, you know, et cetera, dimensions on, on that side of things. And, and similarly with the whole kind of wake up about COVID, I don't see anybody saying, let's trust the establishment more. You know, the CDC is more right than ever and the FDA is better than ever, right? Like over the last few years, that's all been tumbling down. It's moving in one direction because the truth is more powerful than any lie. So as we just keep getting the truth out there in a courageous way, in an articulate way, um, there's movement. It's unidirectional movement. It may be slow, but it is irreversible in my mind. It is happening and I think the importance of what the other doctors are doing, uh, and of course, led by Pete and the attorneys, is very important. It, 
on a, on the level of being a courageous example towards others, you know, because although another doctor might not be out there on the forefront speaking out, I'm creating space, right? I'm creating at least like, it's like a, the point of an arrow. I'm creating sort of psychological space through this lawsuit, through my compatriots in this, through these attorneys to say, Hey, you know, M quack, you know, you can't just get away with this. You can't just interfere with a doctor patient relationship like this as Dr. Merrick, you know, Dr. Bowden and these others were doing on a national level. Hey, no, you know, we're going to speak up about that. And not everybody has to be on that forefront, but that also, I think, psychologically starts to create at least a little bit of reassurance and, 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 and sort of open some doors for people to be brave and step out in their own, albeit smaller ways, you know, here and there. We're not just all cowering in a corner somewhere silent about this stuff. Um, and I think that's very important. Yeah. And, and, and really, honestly, thank you, Dr. Turner, for fighting, because there are a lot of you, you know them, and I, I know them too. There are a lot of healthcare professionals that they want to speak out, but they're just they're in situations where they feel they can't because they're employed, yeah. so they'll get fired, or they're just you know they don't they don't want to be in the in in the in the limelight because that's exactly what you're doing. Um, yeah. But these lawsuits, like Dr. Bowden's lawsuit with the FDA, and and this lawsuit, and I. I um, am hopeful that you guys will um, prevail. Mm -hmm. You know, and Pete can comment on this, but lawsuits like this have implications for decades. You know, I mean, if Dr. Bowden ends up going to the courts and whatever happens, I don't know the legal jargon, but if the FDA either, you know, backs down or does go to court and she wins, um, the implications for what do they call it? Court precedents, the case law precedents um, is decades that, 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 you know, that's something that you can quote, you know, if you're still an attorney 40 years from now, Pete, you can use that as, as, uh, um, you know, uh, an example. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, to your point, it's, it's what's what we call binding precedent. In other words, you know, in, in certain circumstances, especially from the United States Supreme court, that locks everybody else in. Look, this is either the analysis or this is the conclusion, whatever the case is, you can, can't do this. Or if you're going to do it, here are the steps you have to take, whatever the case may be. So yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful like you and, you know, and, and kind of what Dr. Turner was talking about him being the tip of the spear, you know, I have quietly heard other folks in the medical profession saying, well, you know, I'm not going to stick my neck out, but you know, I've changed my thinking. And to me, that's a win, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's not like the great win again, that where we're all running at the same speed, but you know what, we're all in the race together. And that's significant because it used to be like the folks on the side wanting to throw the tomatoes at us of like, you guys are all heretics. <laughs> um, and now it's like, we thought you were heretics and we apologize. We're kind of warming up to it. We'll probably never be you. And that's fine. They don't need to be us. But they do, they're coming along. And yeah. it's it's exciting because I think it could change medicine. And that's really the impact that we need is yeah. to change this just deference to government in you know, pretty much everything, but certainly in medicine. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, as we wrap this podcast up, uh, what Dr. Turner, what what is what 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 are your parting words that sum it up in in two sentences? First, I got to ask: Have you changed? Have you changed the way you take care of patients all, at all because of the way the state board has um, come down on you? Have you changed the way you take care of patients? No, zero. 
Not at all. Every day this week, I've been treating COVID with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. It's making a bit of a resurgence. I'm fielding telemedicine on the daily. Not a thing. I have not changed a thing. We continue on. I love it. I love it. Um, and so, what are your sum sum up what, what what your thoughts are about this situation in a couple sentences? Sure. My thoughts are two things. As citizens, we've got to band together because we're fighting for the soul, the doctor-patient relationship, really. What kind of a relationship do you want to have with your healthcare provider? Because you're going to need one sooner or later. We will all get sick and die. It's part of the human condition. We need that expert voice to be there to help guide us through that, okay? Uh, it's, it's overwhelming to just be you and the internet trying to solve your medical problem, not to mention there's no human element there, which is by definition reassuring for us. So we will always must have within society a healthcare uh, provision class of people. And what do our, we want our relationship to be with those people? How much do we want the government involved? How much government interference are we willing to tolerate? Right. And the government interference takes its form in many levels, whether it's FDA, CDC, MQAC, you know, insurance companies, like yeah. all of that, we've got to redefine and kick all these vested interests out of it and say, I'm a citizen. I want access to unbiased patient centered healthcare professional who's willing to listen and take my best interest into account and make decisions accordingly. I demand that, right? This is why this case is important. This is just the particular illustration of it vis-a-vis -vis COVID and ivermectin, but it's much broader. To Pete's point, the whole medical establishment really needs an overhaul. So that's our imperative as citizens. Let's, let's recapture and create a space for an outstanding medical doctor-patient relationship moving on into the future. That's what we need to do. I love it. Pete, what about you? How do you sum it up in, in a couple sentences? Yeah. I First, there's hope. You know, there are cracks in that dam of the medical establishment as well as the government that regulates it. You know, to your point, Dr. Bowden, her case is moving along really well. I think that's a tremendously positive movement for everything. Um, again, you know, with the, with the case that we have with Turner, that case could have been dismissed. That's what the state wanted. The judge said, no, we're going to put a pause on this and see what happens with their licensing. Now, that's not the wing, the capital W win that we want, but that's still a win because he didn't say, hey, get out of my court. You don't belong here. Um, and, and that's what people need to understand is, again, for us, it's a two to five year churn. We're going to we try to expedite it as quickly as possible, realizing the implications of now and today and, you know, the resurgence of COVID, as Doc just said, people need treatment now. And we're trying to move this along as expeditiously as possible. So, I, I'm excited. I, I, there, it's it's starting to happen. I, I'm excited too, and I and I am optimistic. As much as I don't like how slow the process is, it just that, that's just. And I, I tell you, I couldn't be an attorney. I don't have enough patience. <laughs> that's all right. I'll pretend like I've got them for you. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and and because of this, Doctor Turner, because of all this that's went on, you've decided to. Um, you know, be very vocal and out front. And, you, you know, you had an idea a few months ago that you wanted to um, to have a medical freedom conference. And that was your idea um, and call it Medical Freedom Northwest. And that's exactly what we're doing. And um, Dr. Turner, you'll be hosting along with me and um, in Spokane. And I invite anybody that is in healthcare to come to our event. Um, we have some excellent speakers, including Pete Serrano, who will wrap up the day, which I think is very fitting because we're going to start the day with um, some cases and, and some um, speakers, Dr. Renata Moon, who I think 
did she surrender her license or just let it expire? She let it expire, right, Pete? Her she let it expire. Yeah. Correct. So um, she's going to be talking about her case. I just talked to her yesterday and, and, and patient treatments, of, of course. And this is going to, this event is going to be a, an event where it's not just a gripe session, but as a healthcare professional, you will go, come away with not only networking with individuals that are um, freedom fighters, but also you will come away with how can you um, take this back to your practice and help your patients and, and get out of the system and, 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 you know, stop, 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 you know, basically promote, promote the best care between you and your patients without a third party, whether it be government or whether it be insurance companies involved. Um, so September 30th um, in Spokane, we are filling up fast. Um, so if you register, go to, Go to um, the Mosaic Professional Pharmacy website, and you can register there. Um, Dr. Turner, you have any comments on on our um, on our uh, conference? Yeah, I invite all healthcare providers to consider this. You know, if you're a healthcare provider, or if you're a citizen who knows a healthcare provider, and you want to mention this to them. The point is to foster collaboration and encouragement and inspiration exactly in this kind of environment. How do we recapture this doctor-patient relationship? How do we bring forth our best vision of healthcare? What are our challenges? How do we overcome them? We're going to get together in one room for one day and talk about that. We're calling it a mastermind retreat. We have top-level speakers. Uh, and that was the idea. And it's catching fire. It's exciting. You know, Medical Freedom Northwest, freeing yourself from the medical industrial complex. I've mentioned it to many different providers from, you know, physical therapists to occupational therapists to dentists, et cetera. And we're hoping all like-minded healthcare providers will come out and, and be encouraged together in this struggle. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see both you guys there. So, um, Pete, I'm excited to hear hear you talk about basically the secrets of what what do we call your speech? The secrets of defending of your license, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, I can tell you from going through some of the, some, some fights with the FDA, legal fights, with the FDA and, and the state boards uh, of pharmacy, I can tell you that, you know, what, what those people ask for and what we really have to give them are two different things. And I think having legal counsel is so important when um, to be represented with those people because um, they're, they're bullies. And, and I, and I believe most government agencies are bullies and, you know, they, they, they do what they think they can get away with, but you don't have to let them get away with it. So I'm excited to hear you speak, Pete. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And that about wraps up our podcast. Thank you, listeners and viewers, for tuning in today. Tune into our regularly scheduled podcast, which is 1230 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time, Monday. Um, excited, excited to have another guest on. And thank you, Pete. And thank you, Dr. Turner, for being on our show today. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. Thank Glad you. to be here. Uh,